You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome everybody to another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is data desktop data integrity and conversion to QuickBooks Online. We're very glad to have you all joining us today. Um, my name is Michelle Long. I am a CPA and the owner of Long for Success. I've been a contract trainer for Intuit since 07, author of five different books. You can check them out on um, Amazon if you're interested in any of those, including how to start a home-based bookkeeping business, those of you that might be new, um, and QuickBooks practice that, so you can check those out. There's the link to our Facebook group. We're almost at 10,000 members, so I'd love to have you guys join us on Facebook and continue the conversation. Dan? Yeah, well, my name is Dan DeLong, owner of DanWith, where we transform businesses through technology, formerly of Intuit Technical Support. Was a trainer, writer there, uh, proficient in all things in the QuickBooks ecosystem, uh, and just signed on to do the technical editing for QBO for Dummies, the sixth edition, which will be, as soon as it's published, it'll be outdated. But <laughs> it's still, still out there. <laughs> and my new project is the chief content creator at uh, schoolbookkeeping.com. Uh, so some details about the upcoming uh, QB Power Hour series. Of course, today we're going to be talking about desktop and the data utilities that are in there and converting it to QuickBooks Online. And, and Michelle and I were kind of thinking, oh, oh, what, what do we do next? So uh, we're actually going to have you help us <laughs> uh, in a poll question. Um, what, what, what do you want to see in the, in the QB Power Hour? We've got some ideas and we've got some things floating around uh, for, the, for the rest of the year, uh, but our schedule is kind of flexible. So we can give us, uh, if you can give us some topics of, of things that you want to see in the QB Power Hour uh, series, then, then definitely uh, help us out and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to accommodate. Uh, the PDF of the slides is available there, uh, as well as the recordings that you can watch later on Michelle's YouTube channel and the podcast, so you can listen to us uh, on the go, or you can always go to qbpowerhour.com and look at the webinar archive and get all this uh, this information as well. Uh, just a, a little bit of the housekeeping. If you do have any questions as we go through uh, what we're talking about here today, uh, put it in the Q&A section rather than the chat. Uh, that way we can see it and address it and share that answer uh, with us. Because again, uh, Michelle and I are, are flying solo today. We don't have our, our posse. <laughs> posse of help <laughs> helpers in the background so um yeah just put any questions that you have as we go through this in the q a and we can either address them live or answer them uh in the in the q a uh, dashboard there as well uh, so our agenda today is we're going to talk about uh, data damage and we're and mostly data damage is going to occur inside of quickbooks desktop uh, we're going to talk about the causes some of the symptoms, and more importantly, the cure. You know, how do you fix these uh, data issues? And then we'll talk a little bit about um, optimizing your desktop desktop performance, because uh, the lar you know the, the old adage of the larger they are, the harder they fall, uh, or the larger your data file is, the slower it goes. <laughs> Especially when you're running reports and and some of the things that you want to do. Um, uh, 
you know, on a regular basis, uh, will 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 change the uh, the performance of of working inside QuickBooks Desktop. And then, you know, lastly, we'll talk about converting that desktop file to to QBO. So, if you're ready to make the transition, uh, what would be some of the best practices there uh, with converting the desktop file to to QBO? Uh, so, first, we'll start off with our first poll question: What version of QuickBooks are you using? Uh, so, let me go ahead and launch that uh, poll question. And and Dan, while they're asked, yep. while they're doing the poll, I'll ask you this question. Um, somebody wants to know why is QuickBooks only good for two years? After two years, <laughs> I start have num having numerous problems. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's Go not ahead. only good for two years, but it only does seem. It seems like that, um, you know, because technology is changing at a pretty rapid pace. Um, it's almost like um, you're changing the the changing the, the tires on a moving vehicle. Uh, so when you have, uh, you know, de desktop comes out, which is about to come out, uh, you know, 2021, uh, historically comes out in September. Uh, so that's based off of the current, you know, desktop configuration with, with your computers. Two years from now, you know, who knows what that's going to look like, you know, the average computer, what it's going to be sold at. Uh, what what web browsers are going to be you know there by default? What version of those types of things? So, you know, technology it does does change quite rapidly. Um, so it, it may seem that way <laughs> that QuickBooks is only good for two years, but you know they they only do live support for you know the current version plus two anyway. Uh, so it, it is hard to to keep up with the time, so to speak, and that's why. You know, it seems like, well, I just installed it. Now I'm at being asked for a new version of QuickBooks already. So hopefully that kind of helps ad address some of the, the, the questions there. Uh, so let me go ahead and end the poll and share the results. So yeah, most, mostly both. So this is a, this is a good webinar for, for both because we're talking about both, uh, you know, desktop and, and QuickBooks Online. And, you know, Dan, one of the other things that I was going to say is, you know, they said, how come I'm having trouble after two years? Well, this could be causing some of the troubles here, some mm. of these, these causes here that you're getting ready to talk about. Yeah. So um, so when we talk about data integrity problems, uh, we're going to talk about and we'll talk about some of the symptoms of what you what you'll experience uh, inside of QuickBooks. But um, when I first started working at Intuit, uh, data services. There was actually a department uh, inside of inside of the support organization that uh, talks about uh, or that fixes data integrity problems. And back then, of course, desktop was the only version <laughs> that that would would deal with this. Um, but they actually had a map of the United States, and uh, what they were trying to do uh, is correlate uh, data problems with weather. Uh, so they were actually uh, tracking like tornadoes and hurricanes and, and uh, thunderstorms uh, and trying to see if they could predict when data, data integrity problems would surface to their department. And what, they, but what the, the correlation is, is that data integrity problems are mostly related to power issues uh, or some kind of interruption between the program and the data. Uh, so this could be all sorts of issues of, of, of thunderstorms, of, you know, tornadoes, of, 
you know, of anything that causes the power to go out while you're in QuickBooks. That could be a network interruption, somebody kicks the power cord to your router, <laughs> you know, all sorts of things that, that can involve, you know, uh, a human, uh, as well as just those power types of issues. You hard boot, uh, you know, your computer locks up and you have, um, and you have QuickBooks now severing its connection uh, with, with the company file, and that can cause uh, data integrity problems. And the, the, again, the adage of larger files will be more likely to have data integrity problems. Um, you know, Dan, and one, go ahead. One, no, I was just gonna say one thing I might add on this is, you know, so many of our clients, because desktop has been around forever, like, 25 30 years or something so a lot of these clients have been using quickbooks for a long time and many versions of quickbooks and stuff and so it's more likely that they do have some data integrity problems versus not having any problems so this is a good thing for you all to learn and you can help your clients by doing a data data file checkup for them you know um and help with some of these things because all of this stuff over the years it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like termites. You know, either your house <laughs> has termites or is going to have termites. Uh, it's, it's, Question of like, when. Li <laughs> and right, how and bad. Like, and like lightning, you really don't know where it's going to strike or what's going to happen uh, when when it actually does happen. So uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about QBO and data integrity. Um, so. With QuickBooks Online, your, your company data is redundantly backed up. And what that means is that as soon as you save your data, wherever it's actually being stored in the cloud, it's automatically backed up somewhere else. And, you know, when we think about the cloud, you know, there's not this nebulous computer floating over top of, you know, the United States somewhere. It's actually somebody else's computer, right? But those, those are stored in safe, uh, areas, you know, so uh, they're, they're, they're impervious, you know, at least that's what they would like you to think, right? <laughs> they're impervious to, to weather related issues uh, when it comes to, you know, power outages. And even if something were to happen, like a, 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 an earthquake, uh, you know, swallows up wherever that, <laughs> wherever your company file is located in the cloud, there, it's redundantly backed up somewhere else. So, um, if both of those, or, or if, if those multiple locations happen to go, go down, there's bigger issues in the world <laughs> with, uh, uh, with, with what's going on more than your QuickBooks company file. <laughs> um, so there's very little company wide damage of things that you would see when, when we talk about what data damage can affect in, inside of QuickBooks, um, and power interruptions aren't going to affect the data. So, when you're in QuickBooks Online uh, and your power goes out or your internet goes out, that doesn't affect uh, the data, only uh, saved data. Now, issues are going to happen. You know, I mean, QuickBooks Online is not perfect. And, you know, that, you know, before we have a, an influx of, well, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, the things are, things do happen, but it's not company wide uh, in that particular company. Uh, you may have, you know, some, some issues that you need to merge items or things like that inside of QuickBooks Online, uh, but it's it's very little what we would see uh, in desktop. So uh, so first thing to do to check 
and, and look at your company file inside of QuickBooks is uh, the product information screen. And that is a keyboard shortcut of the, either the F2 key on your keyboard or control one. Uh, either one will do the same thing. So uh, here's what you're going to, I mean, there's a, there's a host of information as far as what you can see in the product information, like the QuickBooks uh, license number, product number, the number of licenses, what version uh, you're on, that little, uh, I don't know if you can make it out, uh, but the underneath where it says activated, it's got R7, so that tells you what release uh, you're on, because uh, oftentimes that's going to be the first step, especially if you call support, it's like, oh, are you updated to the latest release? Uh, so that's going to tell you there. Uh, but with regards to the file, it's going to tell you where it's located, uh, the size, um, and we're going to talk about what targets and how that, why that's important for, for converting to QuickBooks Online, as well as database file fragments. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, here. So, I mean, looking at this screenshot, there's a DB file fragments of six. Uh, so, you know, you want, you want that typically to be below 50. And then this also gives you an option to review data errors. So uh, later versions of, of QuickBooks Desktop give you the easy access to the, uh, to the log file when you do run some of these utilities. Uh, Michelle, were you going to add? Well, I was, just, I was just going to say right to the right of that where it says versions used on file. Mm -hmm. That's where this one, there's only one. But that's where if you've had a client that's been using QuickBooks for a number of years, you will see how many versions of QuickBooks they've been using. Like if they started using it back in 2000 and then they went to 2003 and 2006, you know, you can see all the versions of QuickBooks that they've had that company file out there. So that can also usually give you an indication, you know, of how old it is in addition to the file size and the DB fragments and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of helpful too. And you can also see when, um, when some of these utilities were actually run on what day. Uh, so if there was a, a rebuild that needed to be done, that'll be uh, entered in uh, the versions used on file as well. Good call out there. Can, can, so I just, can I just add one more thing? I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> if you want to go back up just real quick, just one more thing. The other thing that's helpful is I know I used to have people who said, oh, you know, Intuit told my client they have to upgrade the enterprise because they're hitting some of their list limits. Over on the right mm -hmm. side there, you see the list information, the total yep. accounts, the names, customers, vendors, and things like that. If they are approaching the list limits, which can happen if they've been using QuickBooks for 20 years, they may be doing that. Later, Dan and I are going to talk about the condensed feature that can help you reduce the number of customers and vendors and things like that. Um, so that's exactly. where, though, you can kind of monitor the list limits and if they're approaching that. Sorry, Dan. No, that's a good call out as well. Yes. Uh, uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of information here. And this also can bring you into, um, like, if you press Control-2 or F3, you actually get into a whole new world of of things that you can look in. That's in a there. scary so. world. That's too techy for me. <laughs> so we just want to bring you to the door here, not take you uh, see what's behind the curtain. <laughs> so some of the signs of data integrity problems are uh, missing names on the list. So I had a customer and uh, it's not there. Or I bring up, I look up, uh, look at a an invoice and it doesn't have that, that customer's name on the transaction anymore. Uh, your balance sheet is out of balance. Um, right now, um, QuickBooks Desktop will actually tell you when it's out of balance, but sometimes people don't even bother to look and see uh, if their balance sheet actually is in balance when they run that, 
that report, but now it'll tell you, uh, it seems like your balance sheet is out of balance, which, which is false advertising, right? The balance <laughs> sheet should be in balance. You know, your assets should equal your liabilities and equity. Uh, but oftentimes that report is too big to actually see and compare those two numbers. Michelle? So I was just going to say, Dan, this is where I have a story. So years ago, this was before we had remote access and stuff. I had a client who called and said their balance sheet was out of balance. I'm like, uh-uh, no way. That's impossible. You can't make a one-sided journal entry in QuickBooks. There's no way. So I'm like, I'll come out and take a look, see what's going on. I got out there and I was like, well, I'll be. It's out of balance. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But because I was a pro advisor, I got out my phone and I called my little tech support number. And I'm like, hey, this balance sheet's out of balance. And I found out that is a very common problem with QuickBooks Desktop. And in, actually, it was always like the, the customer care or tech support, it was always one of the top 10 calls was mm -hmm. the balance sheet out of balance. So it's, it is something that happens frequently and they can identify. Usually it's this, this, or this, you know, to help you to fix it. But I was shocked the first time I found a balance sheet out of balance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when you actually do see that, then it's like, oh, and then, and then the, the, the process of actually narrowing it down is actually pretty straightforward once you yep. actually get the, the idea of, of, okay, well, where do I, where do I, how do I fix this manually if the data utilities don't do that for you? Because that's, that's first thing to do. Um, but some of the other things, as far as uh, anytime you say the word, that's weird and QuickBooks in the same sentence, <laughs> it just things aren't working as expected because, you know, like lightning, you know, as we, as we talk about lightning, we don't know where things are going to uh, uh, show up. Um, and so when you like, uh, it was working. Now it's not. And now you say the word weird in the same sentence as QuickBooks. That's, that's where <laughs> data damage might be the, 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 the prime suspect. Um, and then the, a high number of, of DB fragments, when you look at that um, in, uh, in your, in your product information window and you see a high number there. So above 50 uh, is, is where you would see. Now what's a database file fragment, right? Uh, so, you know, this is where we're talking about, uh, you know, the hard drive itself, you know, and, and most hard drives are, are circular unless you have like a solid state drive, but, uh, but most of them are circular like a record player. And then they, they read or write information to that, uh, to that hard drive uh, in, you know, from the center out. Um, and obviously you're doing other things on your computer other than QuickBooks. Uh, so that, um, that, that hard drive is going to write, uh, you know, a little bit of QuickBooks, a little bit of your Excel spreadsheet, a little bit of your Word document, a little bit of your, you know, whatever it is that you're working in on your computer and saving. Uh, so you may have a piece of QuickBooks interrupted on the hard drive <clears throat> by, um, by other things that you're saving on, on your computer. Uh, so then you go back into QuickBooks and then, uh, you know, QuickBooks will then start writing again uh, so now you have two file fragments um, or you've deleted something on your hard drive and the hard drive then goes back and fills in that gap. Uh, so then that's now we've got two or more file fragments of that QuickBooks QBW company file. Uh, so as you continue to use QuickBooks and if you're, you know, you're doing multiple companies, you could have a lot of database file fragments. So when you're running a report, uh, like uh, like a balance sheet, uh, 
your computer or QuickBooks now has to co consolidate all of those file fragments together because that's a look at every transaction that's in your QuickBooks file in order to get a nice clean balance sheet that's in balance. And if there is a high number of that, I mean, it's really just like juggling, juggling, right? I mean, <laughs> if you've got 50 fi file fragments up in the air, uh, it's the likelihood of something falling uh, is certainly pretty high. So that's where those, those database file fragments, you want to keep them below uh, a, a certain number. 50 would be pretty high. Michelle? Right. Well, I was just going to add something and then ask a question for someone. So on, on the missing names on the list, too, another sign of that is when you go, like, let's say, Dan, I'm going to invoice Dan with. And so I go to invoice Dan, Dan with, and um, it says the name's not found. But then if I go try to add him or I know he's there, um, that's where you'll have a problem. If you try to add them, it'll tell you they already exist, but yet when you try to type in the name, it won't find them. Um, so that's some of the missing names too. And if I remember right, it seemed like it was always your customers that would go missing more so than the vendors. I wasn't sure why that was, um, but you <laughs> know, just get used more often. Can't you, you, you lose my vendors and the bills I owe. Don't lose my customers. <laughs> hey, get, but, get um, that money out out of here. <laughs> yeah. So again, like Dan said, just you know, if I'm trying to do the invoice and it doesn't find the customer, like he says, that's weird. I know Dan's my customer and he should be there. So you know that that's just a good example of the that's weird thing and then um, Kim had a question if customers are not in alpha, alpha order on the collection report but they are in order in the customer center is this a sign of data issues um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say yes uh, because reports can be sorted in certain ways more so than the than the list itself uh, but some reports are based on how the list is sorted so uh, like your profit and loss, for example, uh, that's always going to show up based on how the list is is physically sorted in in the chart of accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure 100% if that collection report is pulling from that, but it it doesn't hurt to resort the list uh, to you know every once in a while, which is something that we're going to talk about. Uh, I think maybe on the next slide. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So so. When you've come across something where you do see some data integrity problems, um, you know how do you go about and, and address that? Well, first step, of course, is to make sure that you're you're late, you're updated to the latest release, and you can check that uh, on the uh, through the product information window, and then you can also go down uh, go to you know QuickBooks.com and, and look for the, the the update, and it'll tell you what the latest version is, and you can compare that to what you see in the product information window. And, uh, or you can just do an update and see if anything new, new gets downloaded. Uh, restarting QuickBooks uh, is a good idea uh, because there's a log file that's created every time that you restart your, your QuickBooks. If you do need to go into that log file to, to see what actual transactions uh, are being um, uh, impacted by, by the data damage, uh, you want a fresh. You want fresh snow here. We don't want to necessarily be looking through, uh, you know, a week's worth of interactions in your in your QuickBooks company file. You just want to get to what what is currently causing the problem. Um, and then there's basic data damage um, steps or processes or tools. So resorting the list is is one major thing to to do that because if you have <clears throat> lists that you've been, you know, modifying, adding, deleting. Uh, 
you know, putting in different, different sorts in inside of QuickBooks, uh, putting it back to it, it's uh, it's default uh, sort uh, order. There we go. I was trying to find, figure that word out and it wasn't coming out. <laughs> <laughs> putting it back to its default order is, is a good idea just to make sure that the list damage isn't uh, there. There isn't any list damage to cause that damage later because your list <clears throat> Are, are used on every transaction. So uh, if you have some list damage, often just resorting that list will take care of that. And then, uh, and then you're, you won't have that weird situation uh, again. Uh, and creating, the, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that usually fixes the missing customers that you might have mm -hmm. in that situation. But if I remember right, Dan, um, you can resort each list individually. Like I could just resort my customers and not my vendors. Um, but if you go to the payee name, like let's say on a check, if I remember right, Dan, couldn't you do Control L and resort yes. all lists at one time? Yes. Yeah. Customers, vendors, employees, and other names are all part of the master name list yes, uh, inside of QuickBooks, and so there is no option to look at them all, you know, from the list dropdown inside of QuickBooks. So yes, you can either go to a journal entry, put your cursor in the name field, or a check, and put your cursor in the pay to the order of field because you can write a check to anyone. Right. Uh, so that's that's the way that you can access that names list and sort all and, and resort all of the lists all at one time. And that's that's just for the names. So you still need to do uh, your um, accounts or your items. accounts and you know accounts items and, and and names are the the heavy hitters. Um, <laughs> there's other lists that you can resort, like uh, you know the. The, the customer message list and those types of things. But though typically those aren't going to feed into call, causing all those, but you could, you know, go through and, and do that. But mostly your, um, your, your customers, your chart or your, your names, your cust uh, your chart of accounts and, and your items uh, are the main lists that you want. So uh, any list that you're looking at, if you're on the customer list, if you go to the view, uh, view menu, there'll be an option there to resort the list. It'll put it back in its default order. Um, and then creating and restoring a portable company file. This is often one of those uh, one of those steps that uh, is often overlooked, but it actually has a really good um, uh, uh, result. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you create a, a portable company, what it does is it, uh, it it consolidate, you know, in order to make it portable, it needs to make it as small and compact as possible. Um, so when it creates a portable company file, it, 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 it can, can uh, basically re-indexes the, mm -hmm. um, the company file. <clears throat> and I used to always tell people it's like sifting flour, right? I mean, some recipes call for sifting flour, some don't, but when you sift your flour, it puts everything, in a nice order, orderly fashion uh, so that when you restore that, it, it is looking at a file that to restore that is, again, it's fresh snow again. So um, uh, more so than, you know, making a backup file because that, that backup is, is, there's a lot more information in there. And sometimes the empty spaces, like if you've deleted transactions or, or customers or vendors, those, those holes are still there. So, the portable file is going to consolidate all of that and then restoring that will put it back. Uh, and, and you don't want to overwrite your current company file. You want to, you know, restore that in that, in another location uh, so that you can compare 
uh, if it has the same problem as your uh, as your other company file uh, did or does. So balance sheet out of balance again. It's it's uh, as Michelle was saying. It it is fairly common, uh, but first running your basic data tools uh, is <clears throat> is a good idea. Uh, so running uh, running your verify. So from the file menu uh, under utilities is a uh, verify data. You want to see if it detects anything that is damaging the file, um, and then if it does, it will prompt you to run a rebuild and run uh, the rebuild uh, transaction. Uh, rebuild utility, and then you want to check it by doing another verify. Um, because now with, um, with, with desktop, when you do a rebuild, it does a verify and a rebuild at the same time. And when you look at those uh, tools, inside, or you look at the log file, it shows both. Uh, and that sometimes that can become confusing. So I, I just like to run the verify, run the rebuild, and then run another verify right after that to see Okay, what's what's the current state of, of QuickBooks? And then if you do, you need to look to the uh, QB, uh, it's actually not, yeah, QBWin.log file, which will uh, which will list all of the uh, the results of that last verify, and it'll be broken into sections, and you can see if there are uh, there's a transact or um, there's a notation in there uh, called LVL underscore error. You can search for that and, and look for, uh, well, what is that problem? Um, and there's tons of resources uh, available uh, on quickbooks.com to, to, to walk you through what it is that you need to do. Uh, because and it's going to, go ahead. No, I was going to say, in addition to the resources, don't forget that as a pro advisor, we have support, you know, so... You know, we can contact support when you run into problems that you can't fix and stuff. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, and then there's uh, ways to, because sometimes there are transactions that you can't fix and then you have to either delete them or, uh, or re-enter them, um, but you got to identify what those transactions are. The, the QB win log um, is going to help you, help you identify those, or uh, there are ways to, to run the balance sheet by month, by day, you know, find the first day, and then you those other uh, reports and transactions that you can uh, to to identify what the problem transaction is, uh, and then typically it's deleting and re-entering that transaction uh, to put it back in. But then you have the host of other problems of was that a reconciled transaction? Do I need to redo the reconciliation in order to do that? So, you know, just don't willy-nilly delete a transaction without you know taking those other other steps and Dan somebody's asking how to run the QB win log didn't you say that's now in the product info window or do you have to do yeah. the F2 F3 yeah so the last time that you did did that a verify or a rebuild uh, that is available in the uh, there's a button uh, can go back to that here it'll show so on the product information window down at the bottom there, there's a review last verify slash rebuild uh, and that will show, you know, right there on the screen so that you can see, uh, and it takes a lot of that um, notepad word garbage <laughs> <laughs> gibberish is, uh, is uh, you know, unless you've looked at it before, uh, it's, it's like, you know, taking apart your transmission. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, you got to know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but it is just a log file, so it's not something that you can, uh, terribly, you know, it won't damage your file if you do anything horribly wrong, like delete it, uh, because it gets 
recreated when you when you close and reopen QuickBooks anyway. Uh, but you can access that. It'll uh, give you uh, the, the error message and those types of things. So then you can go out and, and find a support uh, article to see, oh, what do I need to do to, to fix that? Um, in addition to that, um, so sometimes the data damage is so bad, you can't even open the company file. Um, and uh, so you can't run any of these utilities uh, when you're in the company file in order to get to that. So there are other file utilities that are out there. And I think QuickBooks is now, or Intuit is actually making uh, like a one tool to kind of rule them all type of thing that will do all of these things. Um, but there is a QuickBooks file doctor, which will do the uh, rebuild outside of the company file without actually getting into the company file itself. Um, and then there's a component repair tool and a clean install utility and an install diagnostic tool. Uh, but again, all of those uh, tools are now being consolidated into, into one so that you can just run that utility, choose what option that you want, and then it'll run that, um, run that utility for it. So uh, running the file doctor uh, will do just that. It will, it will, it will run the verify and, and rebuild and tell you whether you can uh, fix that, uh, whether it can fix the file. Uh, so if, Okay, worst case scenario, the file doctor failed. You can't even get into the company file. Um, and the file doctor, what do you do at that point? Um, because you are a pro advisor, as long as you have the desktop, you know, pro advisor membership, you have uh, support uh, with, with Intuit to be able to send that file to data services. Uh, and they have a lot more utilities where they can run, uh, run those utilities on, on the file to see if they can put Humpty Dumpty back together again for you. Um, and you may be asked to send uh, multiple files, uh, not just the backup, but also the, the uh, appropriate uh, other files, <clears throat> like a TLG file, um, you know, that, that is uh, associated with your QuickBooks company file and, uh, and send those things there. I've, um, I had that happen a couple, probably last month, uh, there were two, uh, it was a server crash here we are. Data causes. <laughs> data data causes the, the server crashed. Uh, then they tried to bring up the restore the, the the files. There were two files out of all of uh, all of their clients' files that they couldn't get into. I tried everything to to get it uh, to get into those, um, and we you know ended up sending them to mm. the data services. Uh, they were able to put one to get one together so that you could get into it, but the other one was so damaged. Uh, unfortunately, the, it's the last, you know, last resort is restoring a previous backup. Um, so that is another, um, another thing to think about is what is your data backup regimen? Uh, so worst case scenario, if I did have to go back to that, um, back to that uh, previous, how much data would I actually be losing? Um, you know, there's tons of different ways to do it off, off site, like uh, online backup and, um, if we're talking about your client and they're using pro or premier or not the accountant edition of, of QuickBooks, uh, there's an automatic data recovery. Uh, th those are other things that, you know, to look into when it comes to that worst case scenarios, I can't get into my company file anymore uh, with, within QuickBooks. And then just in general, there are ways to, uh, you know, affect your data performance, you know, cause again, if you just keep working inside of your QuickBooks desktop company file, it's just going to continually get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, 
you know, it's not uncommon now. We, we, we talk to talk to clients or companies that have, uh, I've been using it for since 2000. <laughs> you know, I've got, you know, data in there going all the way back to 1999. Do you really need all that? <laughs> right. So maybe, uh, maybe every once in a while you want to optimize your company file. Uh, there are some preferences to set to, to optimize the performance of that. And then also reducing uh, file size. Um, one thing some people don't know is that when you make a backup, uh, there is a TLG file. It's called, it's a transaction log file. Uh, that will actually, uh, that is a history of every transaction that you've made in your company file since the last time you made a backup. So if you never actually go through the process of file, make a backup, that transaction log file will continue to grow and be associated with your live QuickBooks company file uh, until you actually do make a backup. Um, so that transaction log file needs to be written to every time. So if that is abnormally huge, <laughs> uh, you can, uh, you can just, the easiest thing to do is just make a backup. Well, right? and Dan, and that, I, I might just point out there that a lot of our clients, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, the system backs up the network every week or every night or right. whatever. We have automatic backups. That doesn't reset that TLG file. So some of these people have not done a backup from within QuickBooks for years and you're right mm -hmm. that TLG file can be huge and that can impact the performance like you're talking about so you need to inform your clients even though your hard drive or your network might be backing up on a regular basis within QuickBooks at least you know daily or weekly at least weekly you should be creating a backup from within QuickBooks to reset that TLG file because a lot of clients just don't know that right right it's definitely a difference between making a backup in QuickBooks and having a backup or a copy of your company file stored elsewhere. Uh, so good, good point there. And then there's the utility of condensed. So this is sometimes, you know, you, unbelievably year end is coming up soon. <laughs> I can't believe like we were just saying before we got on here is it's already September. Um, but this might be a year end type of activity. Uh, take a look at your, your client's company file and um, and maybe make a backup or a condense uh, so that they're only working in active data that they need to uh, look back on you know the last couple of years or so um, and then with with performance is the system that it's on you know the environment that it's in uh, you may need to optimize your network so i provided a, a link there of how to it's a very robust article that, that QuickBooks has created of, of resolving your desktop performance issues. And there's also a, a different article to optimize the network that it's on. So that's a great uh, resource there for you uh, for, for data performance. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, preparing the file for QuickBooks conversion, but I have a poll question. Uh, so this, oh, I've been sharing the, the results of the first poll question for forever. Um, so <clears throat> what would you like to see in upcoming QB Power Hour uh, webinars? Um, is it, you know, practice management or some apps, more on uh, QuickBooks Desktop, more on QuickBooks Online, maybe some point of sale, or if you have something else that you would prefer uh, to, to, to show, uh, answer that way, but then put it in the Q&A so that we can uh, have a, a, a record of that, so we can run reports uh, based on uh, based on what you you've entered in, so that we can uh, see 
uh, what it you know, you know provide to you what what it is that you're looking for with these with these webinars. So appreciate that. Okay, and Dan, I have a few, I've gotten behind on the questions over here, but here's here, I have a hard I'm captivating. one. Captivating. Here's here's a hard one for you. I have an issue in Enterprise 20 QBDBPF log file monitor service not running locally. I did a rebuild. I get an error trying to import feeds, and my existing account is not found. How can I fix? Mm. That's way <laughs> yeah, above that's my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more questions than answers in that in that statement. So, it, you know, we'd have to know what what is the error that you're getting, um, you know, and what what is 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 that? Is it only that file uh, that that's happening in? Is it does it happen with other other clients on the same computer and the same uh, same machine? Um, so we so want to rule down. Contact so support. Yeah. <laughs> they need contact support. Okay. Uh, here's an easy one because I can't remember. Okay. When you create a portable company file and you restore the portable file, do the attachments stay attached? I think yeah. they do, they, but I wasn't positive. The, the record of what they are attached to does, but the attachment itself, though, and, and this is true in a backup as well. So uh, if you take that, take a backup file or a portable file and put it in another location, uh, those attachments don't go along for the journey. Uh, so you have, but they're in a folder. So you just copy that folder to the same location. And then there's a utility inside of uh, QuickBooks to clean up those, those links uh, to be able to reattach the link. So the, the, the connection of what file it's actually attached to, uh, you know, it comes along in, and it stays within the company file, but portable file and uh, the portable file itself is to is to restore the financial uh, impact of the of the company, not everything else that comes along with that. Uh, so, um, you know, sometimes there's a reason to make a backup. Sometimes there's a reason to make a portable file. Uh, but that is, um, hope that answers uh, your question. Okay, there... I think we need to move <laughs> on, and then we'll do questions. Yeah, because I want to make sure I get okay. through this part too. Yeah, um, so I stopped sharing, um, and then I'll share the uh, the results here. So while we're doing that, uh, Michelle, if you want to start sharing your uh, your side of the presentation. But yeah, it looks like uh, QuickBooks Online is about 50% uh, as far as what we want to see more of. Okay, are you seeing pre-conversion OpenQB Desktop? Whoops, I went too far. Are you seeing the slides, my slides? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are shared. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do, because we are running short on time, and this is covered in the advanced certification training materials. So you all, I assume, hopefully, you're a pro advisor. If you're not, you should be. It's free to join for QuickBooks Online Pro Advisor, and you can access the training materials for advanced certification. Even if you're not ready to work on the advanced test yet, you can access the training materials, Module 10 talks about um, complex conversions, but it talks about converting from desktop to online in depth. So I am gonna go through this and focus on preparing that QuickBooks desktop file for conversion. So I'm gonna skip through some of these. You do need to have QuickBooks desktop to initiate the conversion. And so you'll see that in there. Dan talked about this um, 
product information window, he mentioned the targets. Your total number of targets has to be less than 350,000. If they're not, you need to run the condensed file. Also, if the file is on a network or if it's hosted by Right Networks or somebody, you need to bring that file down to a local drive, to your local C drive to do the conversion. So a couple of things there, um, you know, just to point out and be aware. You can see then down here, you've got some uh, information on condensing that QuickBooks file. So what happens is, and I mentioned this, that a lot of times these clients have been using QuickBooks for a long time, a number of years, and they've got a really big data file. Just because they've got 15, 20 years of data in desktop, doesn't mean you should convert 15 to 20 years of data to QuickBooks Online. So what I usually recommend is you convert just the last year or two of data. So you'll want to condense that data file. Um, and I believe we've got a slide on this um, somewhere. Didn't we have the condensed thing, Dan? I guess I d I, we oh. didn't get that. Okay. Um, when you condense the data, okay, so under file utilities, condense data. When you go in and there's, there's article links down here where you can go in and read more details, it, what it does is it condenses all of those transactions. So it goes through and it summarizes all of your historical transactions. So let's say if I wanted to just convert 2020 and newer, so I can say condense as of 1231-2019. It will take all of those historical transactions, it summarizes them into monthly or total journal entries because remember your beginning balances can't change. So it condenses all those individual transactions into summary journal entries, either um, monthly if you tell it to do it monthly or one big one. So when you run this condense, you have to let it go. And I, I've heard a lot of people that will let it run Friday night. They'll tell it to start condensing this file. Let it run all weekend. Because otherwise, you're tempted to look at it and it'll say not responding. And it's not responding because it's working. It's back there crunching and working and crunching and working. This can take hours and hours and days if it's a really big file, especially if you tell it to condense on a monthly basis. It's going to take a long time. So Set it to condense on Friday. You can turn your monitor off, go home, and just let it go. If you get back in Monday and it's still going, let it go a few more days. <laughs> um, I, you know, and I can't remember. Um, somebody once told me the longest it had ever taken to condense, and I can't remember, but it was amazingly a long time. But the other thing that you want to do when you go through that condense is one of the last screens in the condense wizard says clean up old unused names. So you can't delete a customer or a vendor or an account in desktop if there's a transaction associated with it. Even if you deleted it, sometimes you can't delete it. So anyway, any customer that you ever used, you can't delete them or a vendor or an account or whatever. So when you condense the data and it summarizes all those transactions, now it removes those transactions. So now you can delete those old unused customers and vendors and accounts and things. So you want to make sure you tell it to clean up those lists. That's the other thing that I was mentioning. If your client is approaching those list limits, um, on accounts or customers or vendors or whatever, the condensed feature can allow you to clean them up and get rid of a lot of those old unused names. You don't want to convert old and inactive things to QuickBooks Online because then you can never really get rid of them.
okay? So you wanna clean those things up prior to converting and the condensed feature would allow you to do that. You still have your historical desktop backup in the event of an audit or if they need that old information, okay? So don't convert all of that stuff into QBO. Then Dan already talked about some of these things. Um, on best practices, you need a healthy data file prior to conversion. If your desktop has a balance sheet out of balance and you convert to QBO, you can't fix it. It's just permanently jacked up. <laughs> all right, so you need to make sure your desktop file is healthy based on all the stuff Dan just talked to you about. There's the details on how to convert and all that. You can convert either with inventory on or off. And the only thing I wanna point out here is if you're using a third-party app, you might have been tracking inventory details in QuickBooks Desktop, but when you convert to QuickBooks Online, you may not use inventory feature in QuickBooks Online because you're using a third-party app. So you may convert with inventory off. When you do that, now it has to make a bunch of adjustments in the back end because you don't have inventory anymore. Your sales transactions and your purchase transactions that used items are gonna be adjusted to now use accounts. All the details on what happens is in the advanced cert training materials because we don't have time to go through all of those details. Just be aware, be careful if you're converting um, a desktop file that was using inventory to QuickBooks Online, okay? The other thing to be aware of is um, desktop inventory was average cost and QuickBooks Online inventory is FIFO. So there will be a difference and you have a FIFO adjustment and you have to notify the IRS. I think it's like form 2115 or something like that, a change in accounting method. Um, so be aware of that. Um, and if you're the bookkeeper and you don't do the taxes, you know, just make sure that you let them know. Um, so just be aware of that thing there. Okay. Um, so then the other thing is, let's say the desktop file is a disaster. They started using it 15, 20 years ago. Things weren't set up right, this, that, and the other. You may decide, you know what, I don't want to convert from desktop at all. But you don't want to start totally over. So what you can do is you can import lists. So like Dan was talking, the names list, the customers and the vendors, the chart of accounts, you can convert those things. You can convert the items or the products and services list. So what you can do is from desktop, you can import your list into QBO, then you can enter the beginning balances and the open transactions and all that. And I will tell you again, in the advanced cert training materials, module 10 on complex conversions, it goes through step-by-step. Step. I think there's like 13 or 15 steps, how to put in all these beginning balances and opening balances. You don't just go through um, and get the trial balance from desktop and enter all your beginning balances in QBO. For example, accounts receivable. If I just plug in a big number in accounts receivable as an opening journal entry, then when I receive a payment from a customer, I can't apply it to an open invoice and I don't have an aging and stuff. So you wanna enter all the open invoices, the open bills that you have, the outstanding checks and deposits. So in the advanced start training materials, we've gone over and, and given you step-by-step step how to do that. So what you might wanna do is, is get those lists from desktop, and then we're going to import our list into QBO and then put in our beginning balances and our open transactions following all those steps. Now, what I want to talk about on importing these lists is a couple of key things here, and I'm trying to keep an eye on my time here. Um, 
you can download a sample file so that you get the lists in the right order. Okay, so you'll you'll want to put a put the sample file here so you get those lists in the right order. So you'll download that sample file, and that way you can see which order the columns need to be in and everything. So from QuickBooks Desktop. Um, what you need to do, let me just go back up to these lists for a minute. So if you're going to do this from QuickBooks Desktop, you'll go in there and you'll go under File Export, you know, Customer List. It will export your list to an IIF. That's like an Intuit Interchange format. So export your list to an IIF file. Then open that list up in Excel. So when you, when you go into Excel and you do file open, it looks for Excel files first, change that to look for all files. And now open that IIF file in Excel and you'll see all these different columns. You can see inactive status, yes or no is what it'll show. You can sort by inactive or not. So if you've marked customers as inactive, now you'll be able to quickly see them in Excel and delete your inactive customers or vendors or accounts or items. Any of these lists, you can clean these lists up. So export your list from desktop, open it up in Excel, clean up that list, and then you can import that list into QBO. Now, it gets a little tricky, though, when we're talking about accounts, because in QBO, we have detail type of accounts. And in QuickBooks Desktop, we don't have detail accounts. So when you convert from QB Desktop to QBO, that conversion tool, it'll assign a detail type of an account for you. If you're not using the conversion tool, and you export the list of accounts from desktop. And now when I go to import it into QBO, I have to get it into, um, I have to get a detail account assigned to it. So, and here's a few, you know, caveats about importing accounts, but when you go to import into QBO, I have to have a detail type of an account. So I would have to go through in Excel and assign a detail account on every one of them. And that's very cumbersome, especially if they have a couple of hundred accounts. Um, it's going to take some time to go through to assign a detail account in uh, Excel before you import it. So instead of doing that, here's what you can do. You export your chart of accounts from your desktop file. You can then open it up and clean it up in Excel to delete any old unused accounts and things like that. Then start a new desktop file. Okay, file new company, create a new desktop file, import the chart of accounts into QuickBooks Desktop, then do your conversion to QBO because it will assign the detail accounts automatically for you from desktop with the conversion tool. Okay, so I know that's confusing, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things though where it will save you time to actually create a new desktop file and then convert the desktop file to QBO. So I hope I didn't confuse you all with that. But honestly, though, the biggest thing when, it's, when you're talking about converting to QBO is clean up any data integrity problems that Dan talked about previously to clean up those data problems, make sure you don't have any of those problems, and condense the data so you don't have this huge company and all these old unused names and accounts and things like that. Um, so Dan, I made it through that like 10 minutes. <laughs> Dan, you were... You are on a roll. <laughs> well, yeah, and I just I want to tell you guys, make sure you go look at the advanced certification training materials when you're doing conversions because there's so much good information out there, especially if you're converting a desktop file that has inventory. It helps you understand what's going on behind the scenes and things like that. 
we don't have time to to go through all of that right here but you can go watch the advanced training materials you can download the supplemental guide and those things are a great resource um and this karen says wish i had seen that idea about importing the chart of accounts a couple of weeks ago great idea yeah it's a good workaround and that's why i like to to share it with people yeah the um and, and another, and we were, we were kind of talking about this before, another thing you can do is take those IAF files because it's real easy just to, yes. just to export your IAF, you know, export out of, out of QuickBooks to IAF, you know, take all of your lists except payroll. You can't do that with, uh, with, with payroll, but all of your lists, um, send, them to, send them to the IAF file as, as one big thing and then uh, import those into a brand new company file and then because you don't have any transactions associated with those list elements, then you can delete them, you know, and you can just go through control D, control E, control D. You can even turn off the prompt, you know, to, are, are you sure you want to do that? And then hold control D, <laughs> you know, if you want to, and just go through the, the, the whole list. Um, so there's, there's, if you're more comfortable in QuickBooks, you know, navigating and, 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 and removing things out of QuickBooks, and Excel is not your bag. You can definitely do it that way. Uh, and then now you've got a clean company file. You've got your old file. You've still got the list in, in IAF format. So if you something horribly went wrong in the new file, you could just start a new company, re-import those files again, and, and go from there. Uh, but then you don't have to worry about the detail type when you're right. bringing those into, in, into QuickBooks. Uh, because the, it, it does it for you uh, automatically. Yes, I love automagic. Karen, yeah. Karen here, Karen's got a great comment. She says, I remember being told that condense is not a good idea. Has this changed? And yes, Karen, you've been using QuickBooks Desktop for years and years like I have as well. I think back in 06 when they changed the database in the background or whatever, I think that's when it changed. I could be wrong about the year, but at some point, the way the condensed changed, the database structure changed what they were using, like SQL or this or that, or some techie mm -hmm. details um, to where now <laughs> condensed does work. And it is, it is a good idea to condense that data rather than importing all of it into QBO or converting yeah, all of it the, into QBO. And, and, and I'm sure we could, we could spend a whole hour on horror stories of what happens when it doesn't condense right. Um, but the idea is that um, you have, with, with the condense, it's supposed to take a look at that date and consolidate what it can. Now, there are a variety of reasons that it can't. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's one thing to, to look into when you're actually doing the condense. But the idea is that it's supposed to look prior to that date and just summarize everything up until that point. And then as the accountant in the accountant edition, you can actually override that and say, Hey, just delete everything outside of this date range. Um, I'm going to worry about it when I get it up to QuickBooks or I'm going to make my, my adjusting entries in, in desktop and then take that, take that file up to, up to QuickBooks online. Uh, yeah, but there's online, Online remove itself. all transactions. Yeah, it's remove all, and that leaves those mm -hmm. lists there for you. Yeah. Right. Or you can make a period copy, and that's ideally used for uh, audits and things like that. If you're sending, yeah. needing to send the file to to the IRS, but um, you know, with uh, with QuickBooks, um, 
you can also do the, uh, or with the condense, you can also do the, just removing the audit trail just to remove your, you know, maintain your, 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 your file size as well. So that's, that's a new feature in 2019. Um, if you're not finding that you need to use the audit trail, well, as soon as you delete it, you'll need it. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's something that you can do in the cleanup as well is, is, uh, or the condense is just remove the audit history, uh, out of there. And that takes up a lot of space as well. Right. So Dan, I think we should go ahead and do the last polling question mm -hmm. because we are at the end. However, Dan, I can stay a few extra minutes if you can, because yep. we had several questions here that we didn't mm -hmm. get to. Um, and Dan, I'd like to ask you some of the hard ones because you're smarter yeah, so. than I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. You definitely know the techie things better than I do. So um, while that poll question is going, I'm going to go ahead and answer one of them from Elizabeth. She wants to talk about comparisons between QBO and QB desktop for niches, like differences in using QBO for construction versus desktop contractor for constructions. And so when you're talking about the differences, because QBO now allows you, because that was one of the things I know a lot of um, job costing clients, whether it was construction or service firms that do job costing like architects or engineers or even party planners or event planners. Um, so if you need a job costing, you used to try to keep the clients in desktop, but that's not true anymore because QBO now can do progress invoicing. QBO can now track and allocate the payroll to the jobs when you're using QBO payroll. So you can allocate the labor to the jobs now. And um, you also have the projects feature and stuff. So it's a lot different. And the other thing to keep in mind with QBO, with the hundreds and thousands of apps that are available out there, it can become super powerful for any industry and niche things out there from you know plumbers or electricians that are going from one job to the next there's apps for that to help them to know what the next job is that they should go to and things like that so the differences between desktop and online aren't really that great anymore in in a lot of ways um, so I would encourage you to, to check that out um, let's see Dan here is it true that payroll transactions don't condense uh, prior to, yeah, I mean, if it's in the current year, um, they won't, they will not condense, uh, especially if you're, you know, cause you need that for, for the current year. Uh, there is a list and yeah, something happened with our presentation. <laughs> I had all sorts of, I had all sorts of resources. Um, I'll try to uh, forward those out, uh, as well. Um, there's a list, uh, in the condense, uh, link that, uh, on on uh, Michelle's slides, the it, it has a list of what will convert uh, or what will condense, what won't convert uh, or condense and summarize. Uh, but yeah, again, you can you can kind of override that with the deletion in if you're using the uh, accountant edition. And one of the things to keep in mind is always back up before you condense. So because somebody says, if you condense, can you still pull it past reports? You know, what if you've got an IRS audit or something three or four years later? Yeah. Always back up the data file prior to doing a condense. I think it does it automatically. Yeah, it, but you it have, forces you. Yeah. yeah, so you have that historical file where if you are audited three or four years later, you can open the backup created before the condense so you have the detailed information that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, and it will also archive the current company file, and it will rename it and call it archive copy. 
so you can always pop back into that company file in, in before it does anything. Um, and and uh, you can't do the, the condense without passing the verification. So it, you, you have to have clean data in order to do the condense. And when you do the condense, it back up, backs up and makes a copy, archive copy of the company file uh, as well. So there are those safeguards already in place uh, when you are doing the condense. Any other uh, questions that we still need to? Um, um, uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, yeah, since we asked, since we asked for um, future power hours, there's a lot of questions in there, but they're not actual questions that we need to ask. <laughs> right. So he, here's here's a question I I would like to answer. Is there a way to do a trial run of a desktop conversion to QBO without signing up for a subscription? I'd like to do a test run to see what works and doesn't work, so I'm prepared for issues before it's too late to turn back. So Kim, um, I understand that you want to do a trial run to see if something's not going to work. But the thing of it is, let's say you convert and you do have any problems or issues, you can reconvert. Dan, in it's 60 days that you have to reconvert. Mm -hmm. So let's say you did a conversion from desktop to QuickBooks Online and you were like, oh my gosh, the balance sheet out of balance because I forgot to do what Dan said to fix everything. Um, you can reconvert from desktop to QBO and it overwrites everything in that subscription. So you can reconvert within the first 60 days. You can also purge data. There's a way you can purge data so you can start over if you need to as well. If you truly want to just practice, you can create a free QBO subscription. Um, you get a free 30-day trial if you go through QuickBooks.com. Yep. Don't go through your QBO A and create a new subscription there. Go through right. QuickBooks.com and you can get a free 30-day trial there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, another uh, option is if you're doing wholesale, uh, you can create a wholesale client. Uh, it doesn't bill you until your wholesale billing date. So if your wholesale billing date is five days from now, uh, you are you create that wholesale client. You've got five days to play around with it uh, before it actually gets, you know, charges you. Uh, if it's totally wrong, you can kick it out of your wholesale, you know, none the wiser. Okay, very <laughs> so, good. <laughs> Um, somebody else says you talked about having a period copy for the IRS. How do I get that? So this is in QB desktop. Um, when yep. you go under file condense, you'll see the option to create a period copy. So if they're being audited for 2019, you might do it December 2018 through January 2020. Um, you know, the month before and the month after the year under audit so that that's all you're giving the IRS. You guys can help me by sending feedback to Intuit for QuickBooks Online. I would like a, a period user for QuickBooks Online. So I would like a special user type that allows the IRS or whichever mm -hmm. audit person to have read only access for a specific period of time. Um, so I would like a, a period good. user. <laughs> So if you right. can send that feedback to Intuit, the more people that send it in, <laughs> the more likely that is to happen. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good one because, um, yeah, when you're sending those period copies, then now they've got their data; they can do whatever they want in that. So uh, rather than accessing the the live data, but only a certain period of time, that that would be a good good ad. Yeah, and then one final question here I, I definitely want to talk about. Do you think online should really win versus desktop? Are there times you recommend desktop over online, or is online basically the win now? 
I am a longtime desktop user. I started using desktop in the mid-90s. I started teaching desktop in 99, wrote books on desktop, authored, co-authored the advanced cert on desktop and all kinds of desktop stuff. I now am QBO only. And the thing of it is anything desktop can do, you can do in QBO with third-party apps sometimes. And you have all the added benefits of QuickBooks Online um, being in the cloud with the multi-user access. And honestly, now when I go back and work in desktop, it seems clunky and dated. Um, I did. You do need to learn how to navigate in QBO with multiple tabs open with tabbed browsing and keyboard shortcuts and icons um, or bookmarks. Um, to use your bookmark bar and things. All those things are very helpful. I work much faster in QBO now than I did in desktop. And that's hard to say because I was huge desktop person for years. But yes, I, I think QBO is where it's at now. All yeah, right. And if you, if you do need, uh, you know, desktop with hosting, you, know, you can have the best of both worlds. Um, and then your, if, 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 if what you want is all in desktop or in QuickBooks, and sometimes desktop will, will have the nod to that, but um, you know, but it could get, it could get more pricier in, in desktop if you need all that. Uh, but of course, if you need the apps in, in QuickBooks online, then it could be pricier as well. So it really just depends. Um, you know, some of these, I mean, you don't have to deal with desktop uh, data damage in online, <laughs> yes. you know? So, I mean, if that is uh, the, the, something that is habitually coming up, um, you know, we just didn't have those those data issues uh, in, in online uh, in online with QuickBooks Online. Right, right. Okay. Right. Um, so, so one more one more here that I would like to address. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is one of my hot topics here. Somebody says I agree, but I have a client who doesn't want to pay for software monthly. He wants to buy it once or at least every couple of years. So this is where I understand some of these clients just have a general, you know, I don't want to pay for it monthly. Okay, build that into your fees for 25 bucks a month or whatever. You can build that into your fees so the client isn't paying for it every month. You can provide it to them as part of your monthly services. So client, for $1,000 a month, we're going to use QBO because it saves you so much time compared to desktop, it's well worth it. So a lot of accounting professionals now are building it into the fees so the client doesn't give you the pushback on, you know, I don't want to do this. The benefits far outweigh the cost um, by being cloud-based and everybody having access and all that stuff. So um, sorry, that was my my last one there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely the, the wind goes to QBO with uh, nothing to download, nothing to install, nothing to save, nothing, you know, you're, you're getting yourself started uh, and, and hitting the ground running with, with QuickBooks Online far on top of, you know, over the, uh, over the top of, of desktop. You know, you got to download it, you got to set it up, um, you know, multiple uh, multiple people, you can install at multiple locations and make sure it's hosting properly. There's a whole sorts of Windows issues that can that can get in the way of that. With QuickBooks Online, if you can log in, you're there. <laughs> yep. So you don't have those problems. All right. Well, we did not get to all of your questions because there's lots and lots of you with <laughs> lots of great questions. Um, but Dan and I, you know, we want to be respectful of your time and everything. And we can continue the conversation and the questions on Facebook. So join us at the Facebook group. Um, we'd love to see you out there. And uh, 
make sure that you join us um, for the next one, two weeks from now. We'll post the, the tight. Dan and I are working on the, the new schedule. So we'll get that updated and posted out there for you soon. So thank you all very, very much. We appreciate you joining us today. Dan, thanks as always. All right. And we'll see you next time on the Power Hour. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.